Hello, welcome to the Free Will Science and Religion Podcast. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with Jamie Soden, George Ortega, David Joseph, and WSD Time. And the topic today is sort of about gender identity, transgender, you know, um, you know, who, you know, do people, you know, people, um, some people believe that people choose to be gay or straight, you know, they choose their sexual orientation. And of course, we at the Free Will Science and Religion podcast understand that free will is a total illusion and that it's not as if any sexual feelings uh, of any sort are actually a choice. It's biological. There, anyone who understands enough about the science of what makes up our, our gender identity um, you know, would understand that we don't choose who we're attracted to um, with sexual orientation and we don't choose what gender socially that we identify as or feel that we are. Um, and so there's a lot of controversy and hatred and hostility between the free will believers um, who are blaming people for choosing to be gay or transgender and the other people who are much more understanding that people don't choose this and they don't blame them. So um, it was actually Jamie Soden who mentioned this topic to begin with, so I'll let him speak next. Um, yeah, well, there's some parts of it that's really difficult to talk about, like uh, with the abortion topic you brought up in a previous pod po podcast. But there was these two documentaries I watched on YouTube, and on one of them, right, um, there was this um, uh, transgender uh, male, um, I think he was a... Was he a teenager? I think he was. Doesn't matter. Anyway, um, he he was basically a, a female living in a body of a, you know, a male, and um, you know his this guy's uh, parent uh, got upset at this guy, um, you know, for dressing up as a like woman or something like that. And then I was reading his comments on the uh, the YouTube comment section. Um, there's a lot of people bringing God into the debate and all this stuff, and thinking. I mean, what what the hell does God have to do with it? I mean, um, if there was such thing as God, then he would be the reason why all this happened in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Jamie, just a quick thing I'd like to mention there is, well, you know, I used to ask the question, well, why does God create gay people if he hates them? Because that was how I was taught to understand is that God makes us with the personality that we have. And our and stuff and God gives us our wow. desires. So that's just that's just something that always confused me when I got into reading about that back when I was still a Christian. So yeah, you got anything yeah. To say, George? yeah, I think all right. What's interesting about this question is that it it really kind of like it becomes two questions. First is um, being gay. Let's let's limit it to that for right now. A choice, um, and the second question is: it wrong? Because in other words, sometimes people will say, "Well, you know, it's not a choice. Being, you know, people are born gay, so it can't be wrong." And like, I mean, in my mind, for example, let's say some people are born kleptomaniacs, some people are born psychopaths. So, like, you know, naturally, again, the, it's not their choice to be born that way. But in the, in the case of a kleptomaniac or some, you know. Basically, what their behavior is, in fact, wrong. So that actually that adds a level of complexity to this. We're, we're, we're trying to determine, like, 
is it, you know, is it a choice? And then part of the debate among a lot of people, you know, I, I personally don't believe that, you know, it's wrong in the sense of like it doesn't really cause harm, but, you know, there are other criteria for whether something is right or wrong. And that'll be like, a, again, a, another layer to this uh, exploration. So is, is there evidence that people are actually born gay? Or, well, or uh, David, David, I mean, the evidence is actually what we're presenting. In other words, like, if, um, if nobody has a free will, then we have to conclude that being gay is not a choice. Right, right. But I, I guess my question would be, <laughs> would it be um, like an environmental influence or would it be a, a genetic influence or would it be a combination, like a genetic predisposition? Personally, I think it's both, because if, if you look back to the Greek society, they condoned uh, g being gay, and I think their population had more gays than, than um, ours today. I think it's about 10% of the population today. So I would think that the best answer to that is both, yeah. Right, okay. okay. So, um, I mean, I suppose you could say the same thing about um, uh, things like uh, uh, pedophilia or pedophilia, depending on where you come from. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, I wanted to respond to David's question there, um, and this might be very relevant, is I have read some very interesting stuff. In fact, I was reading in a book at the library many years ago about, you know, people who take, you know, transgender people who take certain hormones, they noticed that it changed their attraction. They started, they, they started um, you know... Uh, change, change the gender of the type of people they felt attracted to. So I think there's a nurture component. I don't think it's all just at birth, but it's, you know, nature and nurture, just like everything else. There's a combination there, but yeah. the main and point... This one is, it's both genetics and environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the main point is that either way it's not a choice, and we shouldn't be judging people or blaming them for that. So on the flip side of that, um, when it comes to uh, things like gay pride, that that kind of um, that kind of gay pride doesn't really exist either, then, or, or shouldn't really exist. <laughs> well, with me, always when yeah, I've always been the type Ed. I heard when they started coming out of the closet, I'm looked at it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> this and I never understood why people couldn't do that. I'm like. Uh, is that affecting you? No. I mean, yeah, they love each other. So what? <laughs> I just, I just drugged it off. It's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a problem like, you know, a lot of religious people make it sound like it is because I just haven't, uh, you know, aside from the whole fact that it isn't a choice, I haven't seen any harm from, you know, from, you know, people being attracted to the same gender or gay marriage being legal. I've never seen a problem with that. And so, well, yeah. Chandler, there is actually one problem. It's kind of like the problem that's relative to uh, premarital sex. In other words, like, or, or, or just basically um, having more than one partner. And the problem is like that there's the risk of an unwanted pregnancy that might lead to you know, unwanted abortions and the second is the, the risk of STDs, you know, sexually transmitted diseases. And so, like, you know, in the gay community, especially among gay men, they tend to be very promiscuous. They have a lot of sex. They have many sex partners. And it's not just about AIDS, which is, you know, 
very high in the gay community. I think it's other STDs. So, like, you know, yeah. we can't black. necessarily say. Well, yeah. yeah, we can't yeah. necessarily say that that um, the gay lifestyle doesn't have you know problems um, associated with it. Ah, uh, yes, that's a good point. Same with any sexuality, really. I mean, if you if you have sex with any um, whether it's a male or female. Uh, you're still going to pass on some sort of disease if you've got one, you know? Yeah, yes. that's that's exactly what I was about to say, Jamie, is basically those problems, especially the whole sexually transmitted diseases problem, applies no matter what the genders uh, are. You no, know? Chandra, my, my point, though, is my point is that among the gay community, you know, the behavior is to be far more, to have much more sex with multiple partners. So, I mean, I, I think maybe most specifically I'm saying that the gayness isn't necessarily wrong, but if, if there's another component of it, you know, that leads to this, you know, hypersexuality, that leads to, to a lot of unwanted um, diseases, I guess in the case of gays, it wouldn't lead to pregnancy, of course, but, you know, I, I think that's something we have to con consider in terms of, like, you know, the morality of it. Ah, I get what you're saying now, George. You're basically saying that how we view issues of morality surrounding sexuality is an important issue. Aside from whether someone's gay or straight, you know, how we view things still has, you know, causal effects on things. Or just, just the, the propensity. In other words, like, let's say we want to reduce STDs you know, sexually transmitted diseases. One thing we want to do is, like, um, discourage multiple partners, right? Yes. So, like, so if a certain segment of the population, be it very young people, gays, a certain other group, whatever, is having more sex, you know, is having a lot of partners, you know, certainly, like, there's nothing wrong with being a teenager who's going to have more sex. There's, so, like, it's not the fact that they are who they are, but it's the behavior that associate that's associated with it, and um, so again, yeah, that's just, that adds another layer to, to this uh, very difficult question, you know, about the morality of it, because that, because that's that's what people are most concerned with. They, you know, naturally, when they overcome the free will belief, they're going to be able to like explore this in, in more detail and arrive at, at the answer. But yes, it, it is the morality that that's it's fundamental to it. Yes, George. There's a morality that, that needs to be explored regardless of the free will topic. Yeah. Okay. Um, who want, Did someone else have something to say next? Um, well, I, well, I had um, just kind of like a, 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 an input here. Uh, I, I think George is, is going to get a few comments about um, um, that last thing he said. Uh, are you are you saying you'd you'd rather people um, uh, not not have sex or not have as many partners or? or? Yeah, because I well, can tell yeah. you this right. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, let's say let's say we take teenagers, right? right? Teenagers, let's say a thirteen year old. The reason we don't issue, for example, driver's license ordinarily, I think in some states maybe they do, to a sixteen year old or a 13-year-old, is because we know that at that age, they may not have the focus, the concentration, the attributes necessary to drive, you know, safely. So we're not saying that being a 13-year-old is wrong. It, we're saying that, like, 13-year-olds would probably be much more likely to drive recklessly. So, like, you know, right. so 
applying that principle to gays, so like being gay isn't necessarily wrong, but along with being gay, apparently, and, and I don't know if this is changeable, perhaps it is, you know, um, that, that, that along with being gay, they tend to have more partners, which tends to result in more STDs. Sure. sure. So w wouldn't the solution to that be to, um, to kind of promote more uh, safe sex? Absolutely, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't think a kind of uh, almost like an abstinence uh, approach would be... Um, be appropriate. I don't, I don't think that would work too well, to be honest with you. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yep. Yeah. yeah, this is very interesting, you know, because I really think um, people need to be educated on every aspect of this. I think that, you know, people are getting so hung up with the debate about whether being gay is a choice, which, of course, we can end that debate. They get all hung up on whether it's right or wrong in a, in a moral sense. And then, the, but they're dismissing the wider implications of sexuality and the risks associated with certain behaviors, and how we can have a, a society with less unwanted pregnancy, less um, sex trans, less sexually transmitted disease. That's a hard, hard thing to say. Um, yeah. Yeah, and people shouldn't bring religion into it. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have a problem with people having an intercourse as long as it's like between consented partners, whether it's between adults or. Um, or a, a couple of teenagers who are not much older than each other. I mean, I do, I, I get that, you know, the age of consent must be obeyed and stuff, but when it comes to, you know, a small age gap, like two or three years, I don't think it's as black and white. Do you, George? Yeah. Um, no, of course, you're right. I mean, again, like, you know, different societies have different norms, different rules. In, in parts of South America or Africa, yeah, like, their societies are structured so a 13, 14 year old can can you know can marry you know start raising a family and the society supports that society can integrate that in our society would be much yeah better. yeah well the age of consent was meant to stop adults from taking advantage of them that's all it's there for uh, yes when it comes when it comes to a couple of teenagers I mean especially with this Caitlin Hunt situation I mean. Um, her, her partner was 14 and she was 17 at the time when they were, you know, dating and stuff. And, um, you know, and when she turned 18, um, some parents, like, turned against her, you know. And I'm thinking probably because she was a lesbian because the age gap wasn't that, wasn't that huge, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't um, to the point where I think lot this predator up, you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. Because I can't, I can't say she was a predator. I think it was most likely to do with um, her being a lesbian, you know. Because there's a lot of people out there who would, you know, do anything to, you know, hurt a homosexual, you know. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. What confuses me about this, guys, is why are people so particularly hostile? to the whole homosexuality and gay marriage. I'm, it's still quite a mystery to me. I never yeah. understood it. Because I, I read... Yeah, Ken, I read in the Bible, they say, all it says is it's, it's an abomination, and it doesn't say anything else, really. I think why, why it makes a lot of guys um, uncomfortable, maybe women also, is that, like, as David was pointing out before, it's not necessarily all genetic. It's somewhat environmental. So, like, for example... If, if gayness was actually an attribute that this society valued, 
I could see it'd be very clear, clearly easy to take a three, four-year-old, whatever, and condition that child to actually become gay. You know, so like, so and the other, so I think that like basically with men who like being heterosexual, who think homosexuality is either wrong or aberrant or, or something, I think we are afraid of being converted, like like a, a religious person might be afraid of being converted from being a Christian to being an atheist or something. So I think that that's part of it. That's what part of, of what makes it uncomfortable for a lot of guys. Wow, yeah. George. That's yeah, the fear of God belief also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. why did Christians like Omega Sage, um, what's, what's his name, WSD Omega Sage 007 on YouTube? Why do Christians like him, right, call homosexuality sodomy? I mean, don't they understand the difference between sexuality and rape? You know what I mean? Well, sodomy, Jamie, uh, technically yeah. sodomy is like anal intercourse. So, like, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. rape, rape is like forcible, you know, against a person's exactly. consent. So, yeah, there is that association. Yeah, it's, it's a bit stupid if you think about it. Yeah. But, yeah, George made a point that I want to respond to. Something I had never heard that before, the idea that somebody might be afraid of being converted to be gay or something like that, which is – I never that never even crossed my mind because I didn't think such a thing was actually possible. Huh. I didn't well, think it was possible either. Again, like in Greek society um, – you know, gayness just wasn't condemned. It was an accepted lifestyle. So, like, you know, they had more gays as a part of the population. Um, it, it really is, you know, a lot of our behaviors are so um, amenable to, to being molded and shaped and guided by our, our um, environment. You know, even though we have a certain genetic disposition, a lot of times, for example, in happiness, there's a set point in happiness that's about 50% genetic. But 40% of our happiness level is based on basically our environment, you know, what we do in all. Another 10% is based on our circumstances. So that 50% together can actually determine how happy a person is. And so, again, that, that principle would apply to, to this gay issue also. You're right, George. And the fact that people are that influenced by their culture is just one more example showing we don't have free will. Exactly. I was just going to say, I think we should be careful here as well. We're not saying that um, that that that, that um, we can cure being gay or anything like that, are we? We're not. We're not coming from that. David, from that's that that's a great question. That's an interesting question mm -hmm. because, like, because I think sometimes, you know, I think I think that the answer to that may be that as an adult or a teenager, when somebody, you know, kind of like has the self-identification the gender identification as gay, I think it may actually be too late for that. But, but I'm wondering if, if this conditioning, you know, whether, whether we're Democrat, Republican, communist, capitalist, um, law-abiding or criminal, we're, if these um, behaviors can be molded very strongly at a very early age, at two, three years old, you know, the question becomes, can, can gayness be molded like that? And, you know, it, it, that provides another layer of, of difficulty, of complexity, because then people would, would be saying, well, like, you know, it, it's wrong to condition, you know, a person to be either gay or straight at that age and all. That's a great question. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad David brought that up, um, because I think one, yeah, one danger of realizing that people are conditioned 
by their environment and how they grow up and all their experiences, that might give some people reason to try to condition children in such a way that they grow up to be the certain sexual orientation they want them to be. And so maybe there's a danger in that. What do you think? Well, I, I don't think we want to be um, going the, the way that some religious people do, where they kind of try to put gay people into therapy sometimes. Have you heard of that? Yeah, I would actually yeah. uh, prefer people getting real therapy from real professionals about real problems. <laughs> So we might want to make a distinction. Yeah, to the extent that let's say let's say parents, you know, consider gayness wrong, you know, based on their religious beliefs, that it may be acceptable to kind of like try to guide their toddler toward, let's say if it's a guy, you know, you know, toward well, toward heterosexuality. But at a certain point, like in the teen years, when it's established that, you know, the person, you know, identifies with being gay, then I think at that point it, it would be wrong to, to try to reverse that. Because at, at that point it seems evident that, that, that um, the conditioning in the past hasn't worked, so you, you might determine that actually that, um, that um, homosexuality would be more, um, more biological or, or genetic than, than other kinds. Hmm. Yeah, but um, we need to... Um you know, eliminate this, uh, you know, problem with religion where gays are told that they're going to burn in hell and stuff like that by, you know, religious fundamentalists and stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because that causes bullying as well. I mean, a lot of teenagers, mm. a lot of teenagers get bullied for, you know, when they, when, they when they identify themselves as being gay or lesbian, sometimes their peers will bully on them and then they'll become depressed and then as they get older, they'll turn to drugs or alcohol and then you know it just gets worse and worse yeah. yeah one of the things is that because these people have these certain beliefs especially they believe in free will that does mean that they're going to try to blame and punish people for being the wrong sexual orientation and so that's another reason why overcoming this illusion of free will will get rid of that specific type of bullying that Jamie just mentioned. Yeah, you can also get situations where 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 people marry, you know, into um, whatever they feel is socially acceptable. And, um, you know, they, they kind of go their entire lives almost, just like almost living their life. And, um, yeah, and that's what causes the problems and causes divorces and all that. That's right, why, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not being honest with yourself. Well, it's based on society, obviously. Yeah, if someone sure. born a male identifies himself as being a female, like no matter what the age, right, always take it like seriously, and you know, get them to a psychologist, and then get you know, get the psychologist to verify whether whether or not um, they are transgender. You know. Yeah. I'm 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 just cautious about us kind of giving ammunition to the whole like gay conversion thing with um you know how you, how you get um testimonials from, from religious types who say they yes. used to be gay and then god cured them you know i david, think we want to be careful about get, stepping in that david i mean it's a very yeah it's a very powerful concern but it, and then we have to like in other words like what we're saying is like you know because we don't have a free will we can um convert like somebody who's had a life of crime you know until a certain point 
we can put them into a rehabilitation or reform institution that doesn't punish them and changes their behavior. So, so you're right. I mean, this, this can be applied to, to being gay, to being, you know, Republican, Democrat, communist, um, socialist, uh, capitalist, and all. This can, this can be applied to anything. Now, the question becomes, like, if, if we feel it's wrong to apply this to, to gender identity, you know, what, what is it that we, um, you know, how do we approach that? What is our message? I, I think what I suggested before is, is that, like, if parents want their children to be heterosexual and, like, when they're infants and toddlers, young children, they want to kind of, like, for example, you're not going to, like, dress your boy in, in a dress, you know, if, you know, whatever. Or, or some some people boy, do. Oh, I know. <laughs> or, or, give the, or give the boy dolls, you know, so like, so a lot of this conditioning happens, but you're right, David, I mean, this is, you know, it's like, at what point would it be wrong to, to continue to mold, uh, try to mold a child based on your preference like that? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is very interesting. Yes. Yes, it is. Hmm. How are we doing on time? Looks like we're at just a little over 25 minutes. Cool. So, yeah. Um, is there anything else that we haven't mentioned that could be important to this issue? Yeah, I already said my piece. I, like I said, man, I'm just – when it comes to gay community, it's simple. It's always been simple with me. Yeah. You, you leave them, leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more has to be said. Yeah, I think it can be that simple, Will. And I just wanted to respond to something that was said a while back in the podcast about the whole gay pride thing. Is I'm like, wait a minute. All sorts uh, – to me, gay pride is weird. It's sort of like – I mean I'm afraid of people acting like, well, I'm better than you because I'm gay or I'm better than you because I'm straight. And I think that the equality that we achieve through understanding that we don't have free will and that we all are doing what prior causes would cause us to do sort of eliminates the arrogance of being a so-called better sexual orientation or better gender identity. <laughs> Yeah, Chandler, that's really important because, like, maybe on, on, on the next podcast or a future one, you know, pride has different um, meanings. In other words, like, I think sometimes with gay pride is that they don't want to be ashamed that they're gay, but certainly that pride shouldn't lead to their believing that actually being gay is in somehow some way superior to being heterosexual. And so, like, it also goes to the issue of taking credit. You know, because a lot of times we are proud of our achievements, but if we don't have a free will, we can't logically attribute those achievements to us. So I think we might want to explore this whole issue of pride and how it just like how it, you know, some of our ideas about it have to be shifted or changed somewhat under this unfree will paradigm. Yeah, that well, makes a lot of sense. It's like what you said in your video 157 about t telling kids that we don't have a free will and stuff. Um, and Lee Hoodston was calling you like names and all this stuff. I mean, if if he didn't believe in a free will, he wouldn't be judging you for your position on this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but I think George mentioned a very important thing about different understandings of what pride is. I mean, I think a lot of people just mean pride in the sense that they don't have to feel bad or ashamed about something. It's just part of who they are. 
as long as it's not the arrogance type of pride, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, that no, makes sense. No, it's the um, arrogant kind of pride that we're trying to eliminate with this no free will paradigm, because uh, the free will belief uh, goes a step further, doesn't it, George? It's uh, it borderlines on narcissism, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think we've done a pretty good job with this podcast and with our last one because, you know, even though there are a lot of issues such, you know, as climate change and global poverty and war and all sorts of problems like that, people tend to get really hung up on, you know, the gay marriage debate as well as the abortion debate, you know. They get really hung up on these things, and I would actually like to see people move past some of these things once they uh, stop blaming each other and they've overcome the free will belief that they could focus together on how to stop climate change and do what's better for all life on the planet that would be a much more positive direction to move into yeah and we could reduce bullying as well obviously yes and everybody will be happier and and maybe they'll be blissed out like george ortega would like to be (laughs) well that's the goal yeah yeah Because happiness is what it's all about. (laughs) Okay, I guess we're almost at the 30-minute mark, so should I end this? Absolutely. Go ahead. All right. You've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion with Chandler Klebs, Jamie Soden, George Ortega, David Joseph, and WSD Time. We've covered some very important issues about how we can reduce blame, hatred, and bullying and move on to a more happy society and world. So we hope you've enjoyed everything um, so far. And whether you agree or disagree, you can, you can send us comments. Bye-bye for now.